High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Introduction to our next guest, because something that a lot of people don't consider when it comes to different cancer treatments is the impact that this treatment is having on our hearts. And I have Dr. Y.T. Um, Singh on on the show today, who is a cardiologist and a cardio on cardio oncologist, and um, she's part of this center, the Neck Care Mushlanga. I think the only one in South Africa, and we're talking about the importance of heart health in cancer. Cancer care. We're so busy looking at cancer treatments and getting through the cancer, and very often what is overlooked is the damage that could be taking place to to our hearts. So I'd like to um, welcome Dr. Singh onto the show today. Dr. Singh, thank you so much for joining us. Dr. Singh, are you with us? Yes, I'm with you. Oh, Dr. Singh, there you are. Thank, thank you, Nikki. Thank, Thanks for inviting thank me to the show. Oh, thank you so much for, for joining us, Dr. Singh. I don't know if you heard any of the, the past, um, the, the interview just before you, I, I was chatting, um, with Oscar Chalupski and Oscar was talking about all of the treatment that, that he's been undergoing. And one of the treatments was the, um, radiotherapy on his chest. And he was talking about the impact, you know, his mouth and he had these sores in his mouth and he was talking about a burnt esophagus and, and, and so often it's overlooked all of these side effects because, you know, one is so, um, focused on the treatment and getting through the treatment and obviously the treatment doing the right thing. And today we're highlighting cardio oncology and, and what, what could be happening to your heart when you're going through, um, all sorts of, of treatment. Um, and I know that recently there, there was was um, a, a conference hosted um, by the Cardio-Oncology Society of South, Southern Africa. But let's perhaps just start off by looking at what is cardio-oncology. So cardio-oncology is uh, a field whereby the cardiologist who has experience or trained in cardio-oncology takes care of the cardiovascular status of the cancer patient undergoing cancer treatment, be it chemotherapy, radiotherapy, or a combination of both, to mitigate, to firstly find the cardiovascular problems and complications if they already exist, or if they occur because of cancer treatment. So these cardiovascular which are quite profound and very common, need to be uh, established or found out at the outset before the patient commences their cancer treatment. And the cardio-oncologist has to be involved during and after therapy, and particularly from the outset to mitigate against the cardiovascular complications due to cancer therapy. So it's You know, when I say, a lot of people say it's a new field. It's not really a new field. Cardio-oncology has started around the world in major cardiac, uh, major oncology centers around 2008, 2009. In South Africa, we have been lagging behind that. That's the problem. So, you know, because of the fantastic advances in cancer therapy, be it chemotherapy and radiation. The drugs and the kind of radiation are fantastic. So a lot of the cancers are curable these days. So 
the patients or the cancer patients are not succumbing from the cancer. They're actually succumbing to the cardiovascular effect due to the cardiotoxic effects of such therapy. So the dictum now in cardio-oncology is don't let the cancer patient of today die from a cardiac event tomorrow. Hmm. Wow, Dr. Singh, that is very concerning. We're going to take a quick break. Um, and after the break, let's talk about um, when someone has been diagnosed and their, their treatment um, uh, has been decided on, whether that's radiotherapy or chemotherapy. At what point do you bring in a cardio uh, oncologist? I mean, you've explained when, but I mean, how would one know when a cardio oncologist is actually needed? So let's take the break. We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back. I have Dr. Y.T. Singh on the show today, a cardiologist and cardio-oncologist of the Cardio-Oncology Center at Netcare Umschlange Hospital. And Dr. Singh, just before the break, was saying that, you know, this isn't new, um, this idea of mitigating complications, cardiovascular complications as a result of oncology, you know, all the different treatments, that it's not new, but it, it is certainly new to South Africa. I know there is just the one unit that deals with cardio-oncology in South Africa, and that is Netcare Mshilanga Hospital. Um, Dr. Singh has just been talking about this. And, and so, Dr. Singh, just before the break, I asked, because you said when the, the cardio-oncologist would be called in, but how does one know? So, for example, our our guest, um, Oscar, who was diagnosed with this very rare um, uh, cancer, would, would, the, would the doctor say, we need to check your heart, we need to do a whole lot of uh, research into history or problems that you're experiencing? Experiencing at the moment, in other words, would all cancer patients who are diagnosed should they go through all those tests to ensure that their heart is strong before they start any of their their treatment? Okay, so the management or the cardiovascular management in the cancer patient starts before the cancer patient starts therapy, and again, I I emphasize chemotherapy or radiation or combination of both. Now, the baseline assessment of such patients has to start before the oncologist starts their therapy. So the cardio-oncologist has to be involved with that cancer patient from the outset because you need certain baseline, certain baseline uh, uh, characteristics. One is that you, you've got to first find out or get to know whether the patient ha- already has a pre-existing cardiac problem. In other words, has the patient had a heart attack? Has the patient mm-hmm. had cardiac stents? Mm-hmm. Has the patient got valve problems? Uh, has the patient had a heart attack? Or has the patient got comorbidities? And by that, I mean diabetes, hypertension. Has the patient been a smoker? Is the patient obese? In other words, has, is the patient's body mass index about 30 or above? Uh, uh, what is the patient's lifestyle? So the cardio-oncologist has to outline or get to know whether the patient already has a pre-existing cardiac problem before he starts his cancer therapy. So once you've worked out the baseline characteristics, there are guidelines that have been formulated by the International Cardio-Oncology Society called ICOS, to which COSOSA, which is our cardio-oncology society, is affiliated to. The guidelines have now been well-established. 
there are certain characteristics that you have to look at very carefully, not only the examination and what you find on an ECG or what you find on, on echocardiography, but there are also blood tests that you have to do. So once you've got a baseline assessment of the patient, you then risk score the patient as to what, so you tell the oncologist, this patient's risk score for cardiac toxicity is mm -hmm. low, medium, high, or very high. And you sometimes have to start patients on certain cardiac medication to mitigate against the cardiotoxicity. Because once cardiotoxicity sets in, you have a window period in which to treat the patient. Otherwise, the cardiac effects or the cardiac problems can be irreversible. So a lot of these problems can be found out and treated before the patient stops therapy, during therapy, and well after therapy, so that you don't subject that patient to a fantastic oncology result. You're actually allowing that patient to die from a cardiac event because you haven't found out these cardiac effects, which could very well be reversible. Hmm. So it's very important for all people, really, who are diagnosed and who are going for chemotherapy and radiotherapy to have this baseline assessment. It should be part of the the, the, the process before starting the treatment, a, a baseline assessment of, of your the state of your heart. Everyone, everyone should fact, go through that. The baseline... Uh, the baseline assessment of the cancer patient is now a well, well established set of criteria that have been that have been uh, uh, formulated by the International Cardio Oncology Society and COSOSA, which is the Cardio Oncology Society of Southern Africa, to which uh, of which I am the president. Our aim is to do just that: is to is to get the message across to get the message across to all professionals involved with cancer care, not just the oncologists, the physicians, the gynecologists, the neurosurgeons, the, the, the primary care physicians, the nursing staff involved with cancer care. So it, I can go on and on. So if, yeah. almost every pro a medical professional somehow or the other gets involved with a cancer patient sometime uh, in their career. So everybody has to know about cardio-oncology. So we are, gonna, we are trying to get this message across because really the understanding of, of, of uh, the cardiac effects from cancer therapy is, is quite profound. And a lot, of, a lot of the people involved with cancer care just don't understand it. And unfortunately, when COSOSA uh, was first formed in 2019, it was just before the, uh, the COVID outbreak, and we had our first conference in March of 2020, which was, in fact, a week before the major lockdown. And that hampered our teaching program tremendously for the next two years. Yeah, I'm sure. So we, we, great, we have a fantastic committee. We've got uh, academics and, and uh, medical specialists and doctors uh, from all the provinces in, on, on our committee. Our, our second meeting, which we had a month ago, was a fantastic success. We had uh, really brilliant overseas uh, uh, 
speakers who are who are part of ICOS uh, executives, people like Alexander Lyon, who is the president of Cardio Oncology Society of uh, of uh, Britain, and he's from the uh, Royal Brompton, which is the most famous one of the most famous uh, cardiac units in the world. He's now mm -hmm. president of the European Society of Cardio Oncology. We had Susanna Stanway from the Royal Marsden, also a very well-known cancer unit in London. She was down here. And we had Professor Sebastian Schmidt from Poland, who's head of cardio-oncology Poland and also sits on the executive of IFCOS. So we had three huge names as part of our conference trying to, over the two days, spread the message. Because this, this conference was both face-to-face uh, uh, -face and online. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we're getting the message across. I, I think it's slow. Uh, unfortunately, the people are getting to know what cardio-oncology is about, but I don't think enough attempt is made to, uh, to get to know about it, to understand the protocols, uh, to understand the guidelines. Because if you're treating cancer today and you don't understand cardio-oncology, you don't have to know everything about cardio-oncology, but you've got to know when to refer your patient uh, for your baseline assessment. And, and what, uh, what is cardiotoxicity? You've got to know what cardiotoxicity yeah, is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Dr. Singh, so, so sorry, sorry to apologize. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, Dr. Singh. We've just got to go to an ad break, but so important what you're saying. Please, please stay with us, Dr. Singh. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. And we just have a few minutes left. Uh, Dr. Singh uh, has joined us this afternoon. Um, he's a cardiologist and cardio-oncologist of the Cardio-Oncology Center at Nekheum Schlanger Hospital. Um, we're talking about cardio-oncology and we're talking about something that, you know, it's big all over the world. And in South Africa, we need to bring a lot more awareness to the importance of having a baseline assessment if you are going to go through um, radiotherapy and chemotherapy, the importance of that, Dr. Singh has been sharing with us. I mean, just looking at the literature, apparently, you know, they've observed childhood cancer survivors need very careful post-therapy surveillance as they may present many years later with premature heart failure and ischemic heart disease. So, I mean, it's really, really important. And I'm so delighted, Dr. Singh, that you could join us today because we have many many warriors, survivors, doctors, experts who are listening to this show. Um, so to get the message out there, the importance of this baseline assessment, cardio-oncology. Um, so I thank you so much for joining us and, and bringing bringing this to our attention. We really, really do appreciate your time. Um, Dr. Singh, you are um, at the Netcare Schlanger Hospital. Um, if people need to get hold of you, they can, I presume, get hold of you there. Sure. They can get through to um, Schlanger Hospital uh, or we can go onto our website, the Kososa website, uh, which is uh, well documented. But otherwise, uh, they can just look up Dr. Y.T. Singh. By the way, my Initials are YT, so your audience needs to know that. <laughs> A lot of people make that mistake. 
that's so it's Dr. Why Tea Singh. Well, thank you for clarifying why, that. I always say why for yellow tea for tango. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Yellow Tango Singh. Thank you, Dr. Singh. Really, we do appreciate your time. And it's it's such an important message to get out there and um, really for our listeners and all South Africans to know. So thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Nikki, just one very quick one. It's not just baseline assessment. It's during therapy and post-therapy surveillance. But what you touched on was childhood survivors. Let me tell you, I feel very strongly about it. And you already alluded to the childhood survivors of cancer who have almost 100% cure with a lot of their cancers, like Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then nobody sees them after after they've completed therapy. And they present 10 years earlier then they count their non-cancer counterparts with heart attacks and heart failure. So in other words, if you've got a patient of 40 who doesn't have cancer and presents with heart failure or a heart attack or angina, the childhood survivor with cancer will present at 30 years of age. Wow. And, you know, because they've been told that, you know, let's say a child of 10 years old was told, you know, you've been totally cured, you know, great, all excitement, etc. And that child now becomes an adult and presents to their primary care physician at 30 with chest pain or shortness of breath and may forget to tell the primary care physician that they had cancer at the age of nine. Yeah. And, and the diagnosis can be easily missed or not connected with the cancer they had. So that is Thank you, really Dr. a Singh. problem in, I'm, in our I'm country. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we've run out of time, but such an important point. And thank you so much. Thank you so much for outlining that, Dr. Singh. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. So much information. I'm going to bid you farewell, um, but we'll definitely pick up on this topic when we have more time. For me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, thank you so much for tuning in. Take care and goodbye.